Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Bearded Levites podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Jeremy, and with me always is... I'm Taylor. Hey, everybody. And uh, today, we are kind of jumping back on our liturgical calendar uh, topic, and uh, we're talking about the very exciting Pentecost. Pentecost. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And we'll we'll probably dip into ordinary time a little bit, too, just because... They're 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 connected. Yeah, sure. Which is now like the whole rest of the year. <laughs> That's it. We're yeah, done. From here, from here we to anymore. Advent, right? We got uh yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, so, so Pentecost was Sunday. Yeah, uh, that Sunday. The, in the year of our Lord 2021. That was May 23rd, I believe. Yeah, yeah. May 23rd. So it has already happened when you're listening. Yeah. We done did it. Podcast. Yeah. We got it. Yeah, so it's, and also like, and it was immediately done. We did it. We're done. We're we're through with that now. It is a twenty-four hour period of the spirit. That's all you get. Yeah. Uh, hope red's not your favorite color because you only get to wear it for a day. You get it one time. Um, yeah. So, just a little bit of backstory on Pentecost. Uh, story is in Acts two. It's the coming of the spirit. Jesus is gone. Disciples are hanging out. Um, and it's, uh, as we've kind of touched on before, it's 50 days after Easter. So Penta 50, mm-hmm. uh, Pentecost. There are ties to some Jewish festivals as well. Um, and so that's why all those people were in Jerusalem in the story. Uh, but the disciples are hanging out in a room. The sound of like a rushing mighty wind and flaming tongues of fire come down and rest upon them. And uh, my favorite part of the story is they then start like preaching in tongues. Like they right. start preaching in all the, all these different languages. Uh, so I just love the fact that one of them just immediately starts speaking, maybe not even knowing what that language is until they see people recognize it. And then they're like, cool, what is this coming out of my mouth? Like, yeah. Oh, this is French. I didn't <laughs> know I knew French. Cool. Right. Uh, and somebody's going to add us like, I know that French wasn't real probably at this point. At time, it's the yeah, first yeah. language I thought of in this moment. <laughs> uh, why the Texan didn't think of Spanish, I don't know, but I went to French. French, French is good too, you know? Yeah. But uh, also that the response from all these people when they heard this happen was like, are, it's only three o'clock. Are they drunk? <laughs> That's right. like, are they drunk already? Yeah. Yeah. I love that that was the response of like, man, those followers of that dead fa- failed Messiah guy, they yeah, sure right. do like to drink early. Oh, weird. Yeah. But it also fulfills what Jesus said, like, as he left that, like, I'm going to send you another comforter. Like I'll send you the a presence with you. Right. Um, I was about to try to pull the Greek word. And in that moment, I was like, oh, am I thinking of the right word? So I didn't say <laughs> it. Uh, I don't want the internet to hear me get it wrong. So, but yeah, so that is what we commemorate on the day of Pentecost. And it is a day. It is just that day. That's it. It's all all the other seasons we've looked at, even if they are a day, they then have a tide. So like Christmas is a day, but then you get Christmas Christmas tide. You get the 12 days after that. Right. Yeah. You get Easter Sunday. Like Jesus didn't take 50 days to climb out of the grave. <clears throat> he wasn't like super stiff waiting for rigor mortis to wear off, but we had Easter day, but then 50 days of Easter tied. Nope. It's just Pentecost. Like it's just the day. It's just Sunday. 
the rest of it after that is ordinary time. And that will forever be my legacy at the McAfee School of Theology. Still, like, somebody sent me a meme about that, like, just the other day. Now, what, nine years after graduation. Uh, in our worship class, we, uh, on the final exam, there the question was, like, pretty common question, like, list the, the, the seasons of the church year. And so, yeah, let's list them. We have count along at home, Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, uh, Lent, Easter, Pentecost, Ordinary Time. Seven. That's seven. There were six blanks on the test. <laughs> and so I got to that last one and I had two seasons left. And I was like, yeah, okay. All right. What's happening? Yeah. I became the meme with all the geometry floating around Julia Roberts' <laughs> head. I was like, okay, what, what's going on? Here? This is, well, yeah. I have to pick one. So the question said seasons. Seasons implies time. Okay, I get it. She's being all tricky with it. The answer is ordinary time because Pentecost was last a day. And so, sure, like, she wants me to think about it, which were the seasons, the long-term ones. Cool. Ordinary time. Nailed it. Uh, feeling real good about myself. I go turn in my test, and sh she grades it, like, right in front of us. And I turn it in, and she we get to that one, and she marks it wrong. And normally, I'm a pretty, especially at that point in my life, uh, about a decade ago, pretty meek and mild guy. But I don't know what came over me. In that moment, I'm sitting across her desk, and I lean forward and go, oh, wait, wait. That was right. And she just looks at me like, no, it's not. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wondered, about, and, and I explained to her, like, I wondered about that question. Like, there, there's seven of them, but you only gave six blanks. And I explained my process. She was like, no, Pentecost lasts till, and she named some random date in the middle of the summer. And I, like, just stared at her. I was like, that's not real. What? No. <laughs> it's it's just a day, and then it's ordinary time after that. And we, like, went back and forth. And then she finally leaned forward and was like, this is the only question you got wrong. You're getting a 98 in this entire class. Get out of my office. <laughs> Fine. But like, I was mad. I was mad about it. And so that is my legacy at the McAfee School of Theology is that the season of Pentecost is now the, the joke that will follow me until the day I die or Jesus comes back. One of the two. Yeah. And if it's when Jesus comes back, whenever I go up and meet Jesus, he'll be like, it is just a day. Don't worry about it. Be like, I <laughs> knew it, Jesus. Thank you. Yeah. So was she counting like, was she saying from Pentecost forward 50 days? No, no. Uh, so I, and honestly, if she listens to this, like Dr. Massey, yes, I'm still salty about this all this time <laughs> later. Yes. I still disagree with that test answer. Yeah. I love you. You're a wonderful person. I still think I was right. Um, I have no idea if anybody at McAfee listens to this. We'll, We'll find out. But uh, no, uh, I think she, it, I can't remember what day it was now, but it was some like very, very minor feast day, like mid ordinary time. Yeah. But in her mind, ordinary time wasn't a season just because it kind of didn't do right. a lot. Because there wasn't uh, anything. But Pentecost right. celebrated like the third person of the Trinity. And so like, yeah, that, right. and in that sense, like, sure, I get it. But I, I also think ordinary time needs a little bit more due than it gets. Uh, but we'll get to ordinary time here in a minute. So that's roughly Pentecost. Did y'all do what most churches do? Because we definitely did this. Did y'all all wear red? Um, no, we didn't do a thing. 
about Pentecost. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Like we, uh, this is one of those that was kind of just skipped over for us. Okay. Uh, because now is that, I know you haven't been there long. Is that normal or was that more of a like, um, there's enough other things going on in the world. Like we're not worried about this one thing right now. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think that's pretty normal. Okay. Uh, for, for where I am. Pentecost, it, if it gets mentioned at all, it's kind of in passing. It's kind of a, kind of like epiphany. When we talked about epiphany, it's kind of one of those, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. well, this is Pentecost Sunday and we're on to the next thing. Yeah. It's, it, it, we really didn't, this past week was actually our graduate Sunday. And so oh, a lot okay. of focus, that was kind of the theme and, and aim yeah. right that way. The week before that was, we did a missions, we call it our, our spring missions conference. And so everything was missions. Everything was about, you know, we had missionaries in talking about the world, missionaries we support and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so following that, we have graduate Sunday. And then this next week, we finish a series that we've been in for, uh, oh, gosh, since uh, I think since April or May. Oh, yeah. Is this uh, Hosea? No, we finished Hosea. We're okay. doing uh, Thessalonians now. We're doing the two Thessalonians back and forth. Oh, gotcha. Uh, for, we did first. Now we're on second. We're yeah. finishing second Thessalonians. Those are very different books. Very different books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this next week, we'll finish that series. So we, it really wasn't even, I don't even think we mentioned it was Pentecost. Sunday. Yeah. There's not room for Pentecost. There wasn't things. really room for yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Which is interesting to me because like, I agree that it is easy again, since it is just like a day, right? There's not a, a, it's hard to give a lot of weight to calendar wise, 24 hours, but actual life of the church, probably like one or two. Yeah. Like it's hard to really get that weight. And yeah, epiphany is another one of those that just kind of gets lost in the the hangover of Christmas already looking ahead to Easter. Like we talked about in the epiphany episode, which if y'all haven't listened to that, go back and check it out. (laughs) Um, But what's interesting to me though, is like, I get it a little bit more with epiphany partly just because of the, like the Christmas hangover, but epiphany is also a little bit more granular in like, okay, we have Jesus. Like Jesus was born. And later he's going to die and come back. And these kind of mark, while I do believe epiphany is very important, like they mark like sub events in the life of Jesus, not necessarily the event of Jesus himself. Right. So sure. Pentecost is literally the third person of the Trinity. Like that is one of the three, one in three members of like (laughs) our God. So even though it is just a day, like, I feel like there's some extra heft to Pentecost, just like theologically, like, otherwise we would just have like, like a a dynamic duo of a God, father, son, just kicking it and not a Trinity. Uh, Because this Sunday is technically like Trinity Sunday. Right. Uh, Which funny enough, my church name Trinity does not really celebrate Trinity Sunday. (laughs) Because again, I like, I think that's where we also hit up like the juxtaposition of church calendar with like life calendar. Mm. It's also Memorial day weekend. And so nobody's here. Right. Yeah. 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 School's over. It's a three day weekend. Like we might have seven people at church on Sunday. Like I, (laughs) there was one year we literally had like 30 people show up and I just blessings to all y'all faithful. Like, the holy remnant who didn't go to the like late Gunnersville or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so 
like it, I can see why Trinity Sunday kind of gets lost in the shuffle, but I do feel like Pentecost deserves its fair shake. One, just pure color wise, it's the only day you get to wear red. Like that's it. Unless y'all are ordaining somebody like Pentecost is it. So red it up. And the Texas Tech alumni in me loves that day because the church looks like a pep rally for me. But like it's the third person of the Trinity. What's funny is I keep wanting to point to the tattoo on my arm like y'all can see it. <laughs> listeners at home uh but i I have, I have the shield of the trinity tattooed on my left arm and like the bottom of it is the spiritus sanctus like it's the holy spirit and this is the spirit's day so i i do wish that it got a little bit more of a do yeah but even in the hymnal looking at planning the worship we have hymns about the spirit in general right we don't really have much pentecost specific right so it's hard to even really get in there like practically i didn't even realize it at the time i picked one of my favorite spirity hymns it also happened to be the first day that we were singing as a congregation again i picked breathe on me oh yeah yeah it's a great hymn I didn't realize until the whole congregation started laughing when the title slide went up on the screens. I was like, what is happening? What is? And then I think Mike later on was like, the only person I want breathing on me was like, oh, yeah, pandemic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about. Yeah. Just complete. Didn't even. I tunnel visioned so hard into like worship planning that I didn't realize like this is actually kind of a sketchy image for right now uh my bad everybody uh but everybody had a good laugh and then we we, we sang together but yeah it was oops but yeah it's there's not a lot of pentecost at least in our hymnal the 91 baptist hymnal that we're using i know it exists in others uh there are some great anthems there are some great traditional pentecost musics we don't have them and so it's hard to really dig deep when you gotta kind of make it out of nothing a little bit right yeah so do you find um i mean this is this is again this is my assumption but i i find from guys and people that i talk to most of the time pentecost is kind of that sunday that's a lot like what i just explained how we did it it's kind of overlooked like do you find that to be the case i think or in your, or in your circles do you find that more prevalent yes and no I have to acknowledge that my circles are weird. Like in, in like all honesty, like I tend to run, like, for example, I'm about to go spend three weeks with the Episcopalians. Right. Like it's a little bit, there's a more liturgical, liturgically minded tradition in general. It's more of a thing for them. Sure. Even in my Baptist circles, whether they want to be or not, they're going to hear about liturgy more often than they expected to because they're friends with me. Um, (laughs) But also I tend to be, I tend to have more of those kinds of voices in my life in general. Mm-hmm. So it is a thing, but even with that caveat, Pentecost is really the day you wear red. Mm. Like we talk about the spirit a little bit. You might get a spirity sermon and everybody wears red. Right. And this is where I think ordinary time needs a bit more of fleshing out because so often it's like, Ooh, Pentecost. And the next week it's immediately like, all right, everybody, let us begin our 20 some odd week trudge through ordinary time. 
uh, until we can finally get back to something interesting at Advent. Right. Um, but I feel like there has to be a reason. There has to be some logic and theological impetus for the fact that ordinary time is forever connected to Pentecost. Mm. So ordinary time, ordinary time is literally all the weeks between Pentecost and Advent. Right. Um, which ends up being like 25, 27 weeks. Like it's super long. So, so long. Mm. There are like minor weeks in there periodically. Uh, like all saints day is one that mm. is pre advent, but technically still within ordinary time. Trinity Sunday is also one. I think some people might extend Pentecost ish another week, but it's not quite, it's not actually Pentecost. Like it's not Pentecost tied. But since you're talking about the Trinity, it's kind of a, a fuzzy middle ground. But ordinary time is its color is green, if you're curious. Um, but it's ordinary, not because it's plain, even though it is. It's not ordinary because it's boring, even though it kind of is, especially when you once you hit the teens, like that's a lot. It's ordinary because it is ordinal. It is ordered in that way. It is the first, second, third, fourth, so on and so forth, Sundays after Pentecost. Pentecost right. And that preposition is really important because it's not of Pentecost. Like you get Sundays of Advent or Sundays of Easter. Hmm. It's after. So Pentecost gets marked as like a paradigm shifting event. You had before Pentecost and you have after Pentecost. But also it's marking, it's also widely considered to be like the season of the church, of like the growth and development of the church. Right. A lot of the readings or letters, um, you get more of the book of Acts, like Pentecost kicks you off in Acts and then you get more of the book of Acts of like, how did we figure all this mess out? Um, what do we do with all these Gentiles? Like all that conversation. Right. But what that means is that like, it's the season of, of the activity of people empowered by the Holy Spirit to serve their God through their faith in Jesus Christ. So like the whole Trinity is wrapped up in ordinary time because now that spirit we celebrate at Pentecost indwells and empowers each and every one of us. And so that spirit imagery, I think needs to carry through the, language of ordinary time more than it does yeah um because otherwise it really just feels like nothing like you're just hanging out until you can talk about jesus again hmm. um but like that is now where we talk about the development of the church both as a historical entity but also like your local community so what's the spirit doing in your local body as you do missions, as you do education, as you do um, the work of justice, as you do all these things, like that's the season after Pentecost. Cause that's the season we all live in right now. Yeah. So I wish that it got a bit more play in that sense. Um, and so even though it's not Pentecost tide, <laughs> mostly just cause I'd imagine we didn't want a 26 week tide. Um, it's still, it's after, but it is still in so many ways the season of. Yeah. Not a season of enough to make it 
right on that test. I still think I was right. <laughs> but um, I think that liturgical mindset carries through because that's really where you dig into what does it mean to live liturgically in the power of the spirit that you celebrate liturgically that may be way more than we want to get into in an episode. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Cause like my, my whole spiritual life is like grounded in liturgical action and liturgical thinking. And so understanding myself as a person within ordinary time as still connected to its reference point of Pentecost, like when ordinary time starts to get wearisome 12 weeks, 15 weeks, 20 weeks in. I also, as a person, tend to get weary the longer I'm in it in just what seems like the doldrums, like just the longer I'm going. Like that resonates with me spiritually as much as it resonates with me like liturgically. Hmm. How do we understand missions from a spiritually empowered context? Okay, that's ordinary time. Let's dig into that and let's talk about that in worship. Let's, when we do, uh, so like summer mission trips, like that's super common, a little bit less so now that, you know, we couldn't go anywhere, but like they're, they're coming back. And so whether you did a local one, like we do a lot of work down in Perry County, Alabama, uh, one of the poorest counties in the country, we've got, uh, CBF has a big partnership there and we are super active down there, uh, working with the organizations down there. Okay, well, we do that in the summer a lot of the times, or we would go to the Dominican Republic and do work there with one of their hospitals, all that kind of stuff. Okay, cool. That's also ordinary time. So when we have like a missions report Sunday within ordinary time, let's also really dig into some spirit language as its reference. Again, it's going to be the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. Well, okay, Pentecost still gets a reference point. The work of the spirit happened way back there but it's still happening now. So let's not just talk about missions. Let's talk about the power of the Holy spirit working through missions. And let's talk about that as a gathered community in worship to remind us all that we are all within the power of the spirit doing not only what we've gathered to do, but what we go out there for to do. Yeah. Yeah. So they are technically separate seasons, but I feel like they make the most sense together, especially ordinary time. Like, Ordinary time kind of only makes sense to me if it is still spiritually linked to Pentecost. So I had a co. I wrote down as you were talking. I wrote down a couple of things. Uh, yeah, because I talked a long time. Sorry, no, about that. but it was good. It was good. I, I had this. Uh, I was interested in that that connection you made about the word about that specific word after versus of like as you're talking about, because, you know, we, we looking at Lent, like we're in the, you know, the second week of Lent or the third week of Lent. Cause you're, you're, that's a, you're, as you said, we're in that season. Yeah. Um, I am going to, for those of you at home, I'm pushing my glasses up right now. Cause I'm about to be a huge nerd. And <laughs> Lent, technically they are Sundays in Lent, not of Lent. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Lent is a weird exception. And there's reasons for that that have to do with feasting and fasting and taking communion. Yeah. So the yeah. Sundays have to step out a little bit so you can yeah. still take the feast right. and then get back into that fasting. Uh, which, but side note, if you haven't listened to the Lent episode, you should go listen to that one because we talk about that yeah. uh, in the other in the past. Lent. Like a whole hour of me pushing my glasses. 
Good. So here's here's another question. You may this is more of a historical uh, question. As you were talking, it made me wonder because um, I've never done a, I've never done a study on this. So I'm kind of curious. Um, when we look at the Book of Acts, when or not when did the disciples did the early church in the Book of Acts? Do you think is there any evidence to suggest that they counted the days by which we do now? Like. Did they did they consider days like, hey, we're such a so many weeks after this after Pentecost after this day happened after not this even day. a little bit no no so which led me to my next question of, now I, okay L- let me reframe that a little bit right, pause they had a liturgical calendar but it was the Jewish one right yeah yeah so, so they were following yeah right they were following their festivals yes yes so in the way we do it not even a little bit all right. of this came centuries later yeah. Now, they commemorated Easter as like the resurrection of Jesus and all that kind of stuff. But the sure. calendar we know now right. took centuries to develop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that sense, not even a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, which was going to say, which I think is a good is a good leadway into which was my next question of. So quickly, I'd say quickly, because I know this could be <laughs> when you're looking at church history, this could become a long drawn out uh, thing, but can you give us a, like a, give us an idea as to when all that came together? Oof. Does that mean uh, you got an idea on that? Dr. Alexander is going to be so disappointed in me right now. <laughs> well, and again, a lot of it is, put you on the spot, right? <laughs> it's a little bit of like Easter super early. Right. Yeah. Christmas much later, because honestly for a long time, epiphany way more important than Christmas. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Advent, we're really like Advent as its own thing is kind of squirrely as how how it came about. I mean, I I could pick a single digit century out of my butt. Yeah. And just say, like I don't know, eighth century. Yeah. But I think the larger point is, as we know it now, took a long, long time. Yeah. Of Advent as prep for Christmas like that coupling took a while. Yeah. Uh, Epiphany as arguable, arguably like follow up to Christmas took a while. Easter pretty early, very solidly like Easter. Lent has kind of always existed in connection to Easter because Easter was the baptism day. So like, Man, if you decided you wanted to dip into this Christianity stuff like two weeks after Easter, sucks for you. You got to wait like 50 more weeks before you can get baptized, my dude. We do that on Easter. Maybe we do it on Epiphany. Right. And then later, like, I don't know, maybe on Pentecost, like it it, it all gets swirly. But Pentecost, I believe, was a relatively early one, although maybe not necessarily as major one, because I I believe, and I'm as I'm saying this, all y'all listening at home, like I could very well be wrong. I don't know. I did not come prepped with this info. We're all taking notes. In hindsight, I probably should have. Pentecost, I believe, is also connected to a Jewish festival. Hmm. And so I think that connection of Passover, which was Easter time, into Pentecost, which I believe has a Jewish corollary. If it is not called Pentecost, it is something similar because Pentecost, I think, just means like the 50 days. Right. So Pentecost, I think, existed pretty early because it already had an easy corollary from the Jewish calendar. Right. 
but then as an ordinary time, as a season after Pentecost, way, 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 way later. Hmm. Arguably just to kind of fill in that temporal gap once all the rest of it came into being. Right. Um, yeah. 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 So it took a long, long time. <laughs> so the disciples were used to tracking time from a religious viewpoint. Uh, again, that was a little bit of the issue in Acts later on of like, what do we do with all these Gentiles? Like, oh, well, should they get circumcised? Should they should they eat the right stuff? Should they follow the right days? Like, that was a thing. Um, the modern Christian liturgical calendar, not even a little bit. Mm. No. Yeah. We weren't even Christians yet. Right. We were still like Jews who liked Jesus <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So... How do you, um, aside from aside from rare, wearing red and pulling out your uh, your spirit songs, how do you? Uh, what do you guys do to celebrate? What do you guys do to recognize Pentecost? We've got some visuals that we use beyond just wearing red. We have a pyramid that goes over our pulpit, like a piece of cloth that is like a spirit, as represented by the by by a dove, coming down within what looks like flames so reds and oranges and yellows uh it's really pretty one of our church members made it uh we also a while back and i really like that this is the way they did it years ago now we've used it for years it all holds up pretty well when you only use it once a year yeah right um we made this like mobile thing that hangs and it hangs over our christ candles but high enough that it won't light on fire of like red and yellow and orange streamers but also we had kids do some origami one night and their missions activities or whatever it is and they folded a bunch of birds not like cranes they yeah, yeah. Like, like more like larger birds than that and that all got strung in together and mm-hmm. so i liked it we made it our kids helped make it yeah it was a missions event and again this is where i think we kind of dip into that more holistic understanding of liturgy as like well, it's a worship celebration, but we can engage it in what we do with our kids, like intergenerational, as well as in their mission activity. So we tie in the work of the spirit into what they've been studying in missions more broadly. Because yeah. um, I just so, so wholly and completely believe that like, that's what worship does is it really shapes the entirety of who we are and how we behave ourselves as Christians and engage the world. Yeah. Uh, like, so that's just such a great example of that. Um, that's about it. I mean, there's, again, it's hard to program for a day. Right. Um, if I'd had choir, we would have sung a spirit relevant anthem. Um, but in general, it was just kind of a day that was very red. Yeah. But I think you also kind of then celebrate it in hindsight by making sure the spirit stays super relevant and in the forefront as you move through ordinary time. Right. And so it's a tide that's not actually a tide. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's, I think that's, we didn't, we didn't do it that this past Sunday because of theme and whatnot. And I haven't really been here long enough to know how Pentecost actually plays. And I didn't get the feeling that it was something we had to, Hey, we got to, we got to mention it's Pentecost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of one of those things I always, uh, always kind of felt, even growing up, I kind of felt like we don't talk about the spirit 
and the Spirit's work. And we do from time to time, but we, it's not in that forefront. It's We, we talk about it on right. Pentecost. Yeah. About it when we're talking about missions or when we're talking about, you know, baptisms or whatever. But we never really talk about, like, uh, in every church I've ever served, I've always felt like this. We We don't, there's not a distinct, always upfront discussion about the, about the spirit of God. And that can always be that, that could, that could also be the the type of churches I've, you know, denominations I've been, I've worked in. Um, because had I been in a more charismatic or Pentecostal. Well, yeah. Churches, right. Yeah. When it's, those are always in the forefront. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Um, it's so, kind of spirit or nothing at that point. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, for me, it's always kind of easy to overlook, to overlook, that aspect of Pentecost. Yeah. But I I think you make a really interesting point though, of like, we don't really talk about the spirit a lot, but also we kind of talk about it all the time, but in like a undercurrent kind of way, Yeah, like the capital H capital S Holy spirit, third person of the Trinity. No, right. Like doesn't get a lot of screen time the lowercase s take holy off of it the spirit spirit right is around like all the time oh man if we feel the spirit moving in this place or well like the spirit lives within us or oh man it's you got to listen for the guidance of the spirit oh okay yes but how and what does that mean and right. what is its place within like the larger theological context and all that kind of stuff. So you get a lot of spirity talk without a lot of reference and engagement with the Holy spirit. Right. Yeah. That's a really interesting point. Um, which I feel like engaging explicitly and overtly the Holy spirit, like you're talking about, and we've been talking about the whole episode would only make the understanding of that kind of lowercase S spirit, that nebulous, like, I don't know, like the spirit's here. I feel the spirit, the spirit's moving. Oh, the spirit was in that thing. Like would only deepen that understanding, Mm. which funny enough might undo some of that language because we would want it to have a little bit more reverence and respect for the Holy spirit and not just like the spirit, the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I keep like shaking my head and throwing my arms in the air. (laughs) The spirit. We yeah. should do like a Patreon or something for the podcast where we drop the video so everybody can watch <laughs> I know, so my, super, my super white co- podcast choreography. Yeah, you're welcome, everyone. Either for the fact that you're not ever going to have to see it or the fact that maybe one day we'll let you. Depends Perfect. on how you land on that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So that's a really interesting point that yeah, the actual work of the spirit. And I, I think that's maybe the, the, the really good delineation, like yeah. just like a fuzzy feel good spirit. We talk about a lot, right? The actual work of the third person of the Holy Trinity, father, son, Holy spirit, very, very little. Uh, Cause that's, that's straight up challenging. Yeah. Uh, Holy spirit. Absolutely. The Holy spirit pushes and guides and maybe brings you to places you don't want to go. Right. Uh, the Holy Spirit could very well get you killed, mm. like put you in some dangerous places. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
that is harder to engage more directly because you also, it's hard to deny that. Mm. It's easy to, oh, I just didn't feel the spirit today. Right. Uh, lowercase spirit, like whatever. That just means I didn't like, I just wasn't jiving with it as much. Right. If you're denying the work of the Holy Spirit, and I know I keep saying it the same way every time, but I really want to nail drive this home. Holy Spirit, third person of the divine trinity. <laughs> if you turn that down, that's a thing. Like, that is hefty. Yeah. Um, well, there's yeah. also this, like, there's always, there's also this, this tension, at least for me, between when people say things like, oh, you know, well, like you've mentioned, well, we really felt the spirit this morning. And I'm like, did you? Does like, like you really felt the spirit or, you know, was. <laughs> that song's neat. Yeah. Or, you know, or did I, did I, I have a buddy who says, uh, did, was that really the spirit moving or was that the bean burrito you had for dinner last night? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, do you really feel the Holy spirit moving here or is it just something, you know, you feel all good and good and wheezy inside. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, I, I have some people that will tell me that if they think my jokes in the sermon were extra funny. Yeah. Like, Oh man, I really felt the spirit today. Like, thank you. I'm glad you thought I was funny. Thank yeah, you. That's right. Yeah. Um, but I also see this this other side of there's a lot of um, I don't want to say angst because angst isn't the right word, but there's not a lot of emphasis maybe is the right word on that reliance of the Holy Spirit. Um, that recognition maybe is maybe more what I'm thinking of, and and I mean it in these terms. Things that come natural. Or not natural, but they they come a little more normal to me because we have, um, because we have you know as a worship leader, I spend time, kind of hone, kind of practice understanding, letting the Holy Spirit lead and guide as we plan, as we move, as we, you know, as we do life, we're practicing that presence of God, as you know, Brother Lawrence has written about. You have that you have that, that, that idea that the spirit of God is active and moving, but for some people it's, it, that's a foreign concept. You know, they, they understand they got the spirit when they, when they said yes to follow Christ, when they came to Christ, they got the spirit, but they don't, but to be able to trust on that and lean on that is completely foreign to them. Well, and, and I, I think that ties into some of the other stuff we're saying of like to rely on it and lean on it you're usually needing to go do a thing. Right. Yeah. And so there, there's an activeness to a lot of this. Right. Or something is going on or you need to go do a thing. The spirit is there with you, empowering you and guiding you, not just giving you warm fuzzies when you know like, oh, that was good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think that comes from it's, we only explicitly engage the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity. Uh, <laughs> for a day. Right. And then we kind of move on. Right. But it's, it's gotta be in there the whole time, especially, and, and this is the whole tension with the calendar in general is Easter is only a day and then a tide afterwards, but also all of it happened a long time ago and we live perpetually within the resurrection. Right. Um, we commemorate Jesus's coming and his birth once in the year but we live in a post-incarnation world like that. That's all happened already. Right. And so it's that tension of like, oh, well, we only commemorate the Holy Spirit for a day, but we live in a world imbued with the Holy Spirit. Like 
And so that that imagery has to stand through. And so it is the tension of reminding, but also engaging of like, oh, here comes the baby. But also we already know the baby grew up, died and came back. Oh, Jesus is going to die. And like, like I, I feel that most acutely on Holy Saturday of like really trying to live into the tension and darkness of Holy Saturday of like, nope, Jesus is dead. The disciples wake up and if they slept at all, they wake up in utter despair knowing that like the next morning, everything's going to be okay. Mm. And so it, it, it is that both and tension, the, or the, the, the classic image of already, but not yet. Right. Um, like, well, Jesus has already been born, but in Advent, no, not yet. Right. Or we know Jesus is coming for the first time, but we also await the second coming, the ultimate tension of Advent. Right. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I think what we're, working on and pointing towards through this whole episode is that already but not yet tension of pentecost right that oh here comes the spirit but also you have the spirit already like (laughs) do it right it's moving you follow yeah yeah that's good it's a good day i think think i'm partial to uh, a red and black color scheme (laughs) guns up everybody my school's awkwardly aggressive uh, catchphrase. That's right. We had a few, uh, had a couple of graduates going off to tech. Good people making, <laughs> making great choices. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, man. Yeah. Well, talking about the, we need to talk more about the spirit, maybe another episode about the spirit and how you, um, excuse me. We should talk more about the Holy spirit, the third person of the Holy Trinity. It's catching uh, on, man. <laughs> Catching on, trendsetters. Uh, as it relates to worship planning, uh, yeah, yeah, that should be another episode. Love it. Good. Um, well, hey, listen, if you, if you've enjoyed this, we've uh, we, I know Taylor and I always enjoy talking and um, and discussing these things. And if you've enjoyed this and you want to share your thoughts with us, uh, you can always connect with us at the Bearded Levites Podcast at Gmail the bearded levites podcast at gmail.com made sure we could find the longest handle we could possibly find for that email address uh, also connect with us on social uh, on facebook same thing the bearded levites podcast and on instagram uh, you can get to see us there check us out there and since you're listening to this we know you found it on either spotify or uh apple Podcasts. go back in there subscribe that way you get notified every time we drop an episode, uh, follow whatever the word is. I think it varies from app to app. Uh, but also if you really want to help us out, rate us and leave a review. Absolutely. Um, that is so hugely helpful. So if people want to dip in, maybe they heard about it. I know it is actually being recommended to people by Spotify and Apple podcasts. I'm like, it is getting out there. Uh, but if somebody saw it like, Oh, is that worth checking out? Well, if they see a bunch of good reviews and a good b- bunch of good ratings. Yeah. They'll dip in. It's great. Um, so please do that. That's immensely helpful to us. Um, helps us know that it's getting out there and that people are enjoying it. Like Jeremy said, like we like it. We're going to keep doing it. Uh, but we hope it also continues to be a helpful resource for people as they think about church and as they, or even they think about their own ministries if they're working in church. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, but Honestly, yeah, please reach out, rate, review, follow, subscribe. And thanks for listening. Yeah. See you next time right here on the Beard of Levi's podcast. Blessings, everybody. Wash your hands. <laughs>